Hello, I'm Somia Aryan. I'm the founder of the Think Tank for Women in Business and Technology and the FemPeak platform with the mission of raising women's socioeconomic status. Some of you may be aware that I'm super interested in wearable technologies and I've invested in Neuroco Bioelectronics, which is a very exciting startup in this area. I discovered Neurocore when they came to me as a client first through our marketing agency. At the time, I was preparing for a hernia surgery and their device helped me avoid using heavy painkillers after my surgery. That made me think if there was an opportunity here for them to also develop wearable tech to help women through PMS. And I was really excited to find out that this was indeed something that they were working on and so I decided to invest. Today's guest is Rick the CEO of Neurocore Bioelectronics, and we discussed how wearable tech in general and bioelectronics in particular could make a positive impact on the quality of women's lives. So here's my conversation with Rick Rowan. So Rick, this is a conversation almost between two colleagues because we've been working together for um, quite a while now, since 2018. I remember when you came to me uh, as a client and um, you wanted to know how we could work with you on your marketing, help, help you with the marketing of Neurocore. And I remember mentioning to you that I was going to have a hernia surgery and you gave me the device, uh, a Neurocore device, and, and you said uh, it will help me with my pain management and recovery. Um, I remember I didn't touch it. I, I put it aside until I had my uh, hernia surgery. And then um, I remember calling you in pain, saying that I um, didn't want to be taking all those opiates and, and all the painkillers that I was given from the hospital. Um, and you explained to me how to use the device. And I never looked back because um, I was using it basically within 36 hours of my surgery. Uh, I basically stopped taking painkillers and I remember using it uh, throughout the night and I, I started using it and when it stopped, my pain came back and I um, woke up again. So uh, I just loved the device. It, it really helped me so much. So can you try and help to our audience here what bioelectronic technology actually is and uh, how it helps pain management and recovery? Sure. So, I mean, you, 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 there are variances. You will get varying replies to that question. But essentially the way that uh, we view it and the way that we use the terminology is that it's the connection between biology and electronics. So it's the... Uh, you know, electrical or electronic impact that we can have uh, on a physiological level within the body, so at a biological level. What we formulate and, and how those are applied then moves into uh, what's called electroceuticals. So the application of, of that technology into therapeutics is uh, electroceuticals. That's a great explanation, Rick, but uh, it's also a little bit technical. I remember that you told me the story of how our body is both electrical and uh, chemical and that just like the way that we can uh, impact the body and, and influence um, pain pathways um, by um, chemicals we can also do that through uh, electrical uh, stimulation so can you go into that direction a little bit and explain about the way that um, the chemical and electrical side of the body work together 
you know, bioelectronics might be a new term. The, the use of bioelectronics or bioelectricals or, or electricity, you know, bio, biological electricity in the body uh, is as old as ancient Egyptians, Roman times when they were using electric fish for things like headaches and pain. But every process, essentially we are, uh, as a living being, every process within our body and our body itself is electrical at both cellular level and then many other physiological level functions. So every time you move, every motion within your body, within the nervous system is an electrical response that causes muscle contraction, that causes a nervous response that is actually the living cells within your body that are electrically charged. So if you want to think about things that you, people would know very, very well, uh, you, you talk about a heart rate monitor within hospital. You're talking about brain monitors, electrical responses. So, you know, if, if you were to take a turn for a worse or, or you had to go into a hospital or an ICU, the, some of the very first things that they will monitor is your electrical responses, your bioelectrical responses. Mm -hmm. So the, the science of uh, bioelectronics is, as mentioned, the, the influence that uh, we can have at a therapeutic or at a at a health level for, for many, many areas using electricity so or bioelectricity directly to the source. As an example, when you are having a, a muscle contraction, your body is contracting that muscle through an electrical response. We can mechanically stimulate that muscle externally. And we can do it in actually in some ways more precisely than the body can itself because we only have a certain amount of control within the body. When we're doing something externally, we can have full control. Example, if you're lifting something very, very heavy, uh, your body will always keep muscle fibers in reserve. So even if you're training extremely, extremely hard, uh, you're not recruiting all muscle fibers. But uh, I don't like to use the word artificially, but we can artificially stimulate 100% of those fibers using bioelectricity. That's, yes, that's a great way um, to put it. And I really like how you gave this example of um, the heart rate monitor and the way that we use electrical signals to measure the way that our um, heart uh, is performing. When was it that you realized that we could use electricity or electrical signals uh, beyond just monitoring and actually we could use it to influence the body? So what was the, your personal experience with it that drove you into that direction? So I, I myself, uh, similarly to you, uh, it was an accidental discovery. So I was introduced to a product, a, a, you know, a, quite a generic product that I used for a long-term back pain issue. And what I found was sometimes it helped and sometimes it didn't. And what this triggered me to do was to start to research and understand why was that? Why did it sometimes work and why did it sometimes not? I started loaning it to people who also had issues and they were actually having a similar response to me. Uh, yeah, it worked today, but it didn't work, uh, you know, yesterday and these types of things. And when you start, when I started to look at it, what it was, was that uh, there was many, many studies that used a frequency for something or a certain parameter. There were other parameters that worked for the same thing. And so I started to think, well, what about if you were using both? What about if you're using a combination? What about if you knew which frequencies worked? And that's sort of where that journey started. But as for influencing in the body, I mean, again, this is not new. It's just that uh, the research and our understanding of it has been somewhat limited to reasonably straightforward applications. 
although I don't know that pacemakers are straightforward, but the mechanism is fairly straightforward. You know, the pacemaker stimulates the heart muscle. It causes the heart to pump. Cochlear implants, as an example, you've got a hearing problem. So what a cochlear implant does is it's, it's got a receiver microphone, then translates that into the electrical signals to the brain, you can hear. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the, you know, the, these types of um, scientific or, or medical applications are not, not new. And similarly, with the nervous system, when you've got a response, we know that we can influence that response through peripheral nerve stimulation. Uh, we spoke a minute ago about influence, influencing muscle. When you start to go deeper to things like cells and tissues, well, you know, we're starting to understand that how we can influence those as well. From things like healing to inflammation, you know, there's a, there's a lot of science going into actually being able to tap into the body's nervous system because it influences a lot of other physiological functions. Can you talk a little bit about how bioelectronic technology can help with women's health and specific issues around female biology? One of our spin-outs from uh, NeuroCore is our Femtech subsidiary. Femtech was uh, created or formed with the specific purpose of addressing female health, specific health issues. One of the biggest areas and our first area of interest is period pain or dysmenorrhea, which is poorly treated. Uh, it's not very well known uh, that it is such an issue. I mean, it affects, you know, potentially to, uh, potential to affect 50% of the population of reproductive age, impacts more the uh, younger age group, you know, between adolescents and mid-20s primarily, and it tends to uh, become less of a problem uh, as we sort of get into sort of later reproductive age. But for some women, it, it, you know, it's, a, it's a problem for many, many, many years. Uh, so through both the pain management side, as in the you know, ability to uh, manage pain, and you know, the options for period pain are, are not great. They're, you know, things like hot water bottles, cup of tea, or, or uh, you know, over-the-counter pharmaceuticals or painkillers. But most of those, when you start to look at the efficacy or the, the effectiveness of those interventions is very, very low. You know, for some women, they literally uh, cannot uh, work or function for two days of a month, which is, seems you know, r r rather incredible in 2021. Uh, so there's definitely the ability, or we've identified that there's the ability to manage pain through the nervous system. But the second part of that is... Uh, the soft tissue response, which is caused by a type of inflammation and then uh, the uteral muscle responses, we know that we can also influence that through microcurrents, so reducing that inflammation and that um, soft tissue response. So uh, it's very early days, but you know, we're fairly confident of the mechanisms that we that we're, have identified and the research that we're doing that we'll be able to bring uh, you know, uh, a, quite a disruptive solution to market you know, within the next 12 to 18 months. This is all very exciting and promising. I really hope that we can make such a huge level of impact as you described. And for me, PMS is so much bigger than just pain. And I really hope that we can create technology that can go beyond just managing pain and work with the body on a more holistic level. I mean, yes, and nothing happens in, in isolation. 
So e even if you just looked at the, the fact that dealing with pain and that physiological response is taxing on the central nervous system. So the reduction of that leaves the central nervous system to have its reserves back. There's, there's many, many functions, including the psychological one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when you've got a pain response, you've got changes in hormone levels, a, a whole range of things, you know, nothing happens on its own. So certainly, uh, you know, the positive outcome from that as a cascade event, uh, well, I mean, we haven't measured it as yet, but it, it seems fairly obvious that it will impact in other ways. Another big issue uh, when it comes to women's health is that we know so little about uh, female biology. So there's quite a lot of data gap there. Do you see an opportunity for bioelectronic technology to be able to close that data gap and help us gather uh, data more effectively to uh, better understand female biology? Uh, it's an interesting point you make and without giving too much away, <laughs> uh, we have recently filed some patents in this area. You're absolutely correct. So for, you know, when we're looking at any type of intervention, so we mentioned before about um, painkillers as an example, that essentially you, what you're doing is you, you're using uh, you know, a hammer for a solution yeah. that there isn't necessarily a nail for. Okay. So you know, it's a systemic response, so you're doing something systemically and you're blanket covering something. And most of the uh, other interventions out there are very, very similar. They're not personalized for the individual. So similarly with uh, any type of pain, what one person needs versus another person will be different. So based off of data, we will be able to personalize that response to the individual. But the second part of that is using uh, you know, sensor technology to be able to measure a biological response mm -hmm. and then an active uh, intervention accordingly. As well as you know, start to look at you know, a large cohort of data for, uh, you know, for, for both, not just females, but for how that might impact and what positive impact we can have in that response. I'd say it's very exciting, the promise of being able to reach that level of uh, personalization, go that minute into actually targeting the specific areas that need attention rather than uh, inundating the entire body with chemicals. I was recently talking to another one of our panelists who is an investor in femtech area and she gave very good insight. She mentioned something about how a female-led companies or femtech companies are getting to a point that you know they're raising the initial investment and getting to uh, through um, you know angel investors and getting to the next levels and then by the time they get to their series a and series b and then they need to raise a lot more money through vcs it gets to a point that because there are not many female vcs so you're sitting in a room full of um, you know male uh, investors at that, at that higher level and you're talking about uteruses and, and wombs and you know female health issues and that to some degree makes it harder and makes the conversation more difficult so for me working with you it's very interesting because you know you're a man working on a female uh, health issue and it's very interesting to see how, how do you go about pitching this and what's your experience been in that regard? It's an interesting point and 
uh, without making it too simplistic. I think that there is some, some key, how would you say, some key marketing or, or sales theories that need to be applied here. So yes, you're right, I haven't personally experienced period pain and if I was pitching it to uh, you know, another male CEO or investor, uh, I probably wouldn't talk about it as a female pain issue. I talk about it as a social issue, as one that affects 50% of the population and uh, that has other you know, imp peripheral impacts. So you know, whether it or not it is a uh, wife, partner, family member uh, that it may affect, that's, not, you know, that, that's sort of one uh, position. But the other is that it's a, it's a human issue. You know, it's, a, it's a human condition issue. So I think that, yes, it, it can be challenging, but it's about trying to position, uh, like selling anything, it's about trying to position what is the need of, of those investors or what is the interest of those investors and positioning it accordingly. Similarly, you know, our, our team is made up of diverse range of male, female, ethnic backgrounds, etc. But uh, they all believe in what femtech or what our femtech division can achieve uh, for, you know, for humans, not just women, because it doesn't just affect women. It might affect them in isolation, but it affects, you know, it affects humans in, an, in a number of ways. And if it's, you're talking about economics, it might just be workforce. Uh, if you're talking about social impact, it might be um, family unit or it might be partnerships. Uh, it is Absolutely. a range of things. It's a social and human reality. And I feel like there's a lot of quiet suffering going on there as women you know, deal with these pains and don't really openly talk about it. I sometimes get um, criticism from women you know, sending me messages saying, why are you even talking about period pain and you know, menopause and all these different women's health issues? Because by talking about it, you are actually playing into the hands of people who want to use that as an excuse to uh, keep women uh, you know, behind and, or, or keep women you know, on a lower wage or not give them work opportunities. So they see it from that perspective. But the way I look at it is that I think it's a, a so like I said, it's a social and human reality. And I don't think it's okay for half of the population or maybe 70 to 80% of that population to be um, suffering quietly and dealing with these pains. So uh, to me, I think if there's a pain, there's an opportunity to relieve it and um, better uh, the quality of human life. So um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. I, I don't know what the right answer there is. I think that uh, for someone to have that type of attitude without upsetting <laughs> some of your your audience, I actually think it's a very you know small-minded one and one that is quite abstract in the scheme of things, because I think that where any health uh, challenge lays, whether it's female, whether it's male, whether it's workforce, or whether it is if there's an opportunity for us to uh, provide a you know a, a good solution for that, particularly one that fits into lifestyle that basically improves quality of life, I think that that that, that should be you know addressed and pursued. Um, with the same vigor as any other area. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So what other challenges or uh, conditions can bioelectronics help us with within femtech and women's health? 
women's health specifically, there, there are, are many. Uh, I mentioned that, that period pain is our, probably our, our first area. You know, uh, other areas that are closely related are things like endometriosis. Um, there is, you know, as an example, we've looked at studies that there's a correlation between infertility and uh, ATP production, which is sort of a, a cell energy that the body produces. Uh, there's, you know, we know that we can influence ATP with microcurrent as an example. So, you know, that's a, a completely um, different area, you know, fertility. Uh, then we've got things uh, such as pelvic floor, such as, you know, uh, uh, menopause symptoms. I mean, female health specific, I mean, we could go, keep going, I could pick different body parts if you like. But similarly, uh, some of them are, are not female specific but they are weighted towards being more of a female challenge than, than, than male. You know, there's a difference between sort of male and female conditions with certain ailments such as arthritis and, and other things. And, you know, menopause creates a whole range of hormonal issues that create other physiological issues, as an example. And then bioelectrics or electroceuticals have the potential to be able to make positive impact in a range of areas. This is all very exciting, Rick, and I really hope that by the time I speak to you next time, we will have made so much more progress and we will have um, the opportunity to relieve more suffering uh, and pain from the world and for women. And uh, I want you to know that I'm right behind you and I can't wait to help you make this a success. Thank you, and we're appreciative of it. But look, we, we are going very, very fast. I mean, we have done in the main company and and certainly in, in the femtech area as well. And, uh, you know, I'm proud that we of the people that we've attracted and the people that are involved, including yourself, uh, because, uh, you know, I think that uh, there's some amazing things that we can do and have an impact on global health. Thank you, Rick. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>